0: You are listening to the pharmacy podcast network this is pharmacy crossroads with your host community pharmacy business veteran the road trip goth bruce neeland community pharmacy is at a crossroads pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello again, Pharmacy Crossroads listeners. Uh, this is Bruce Neeland with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads, and we're glad to have you joining us on this adventuresome trip. Today, we are starting something new, and I'm excited about it. So um, you, you, many of you may know and others will be confused by this road trip guy uh, saying that's part of the um, part of the uh, introduction. And uh, the, the reason for that is that over the last uh, 15, 16 years, I've made a number of uh, professionally organized and sponsored road trips. The first one was in 2008, um, and uh, many of them were done 10 years or more ago. And today we're going to be talking with Jeff Gross, who is the pharma- uh, pharmacy owner. He's not a pharmacist. He's a certified technician of Mickey Fine Pharmacy in Beverly Hills, California. And what's neat about Jeff is I had a chance to visit his pharmacy in 2012, about 10 years ago, and we're gonna chat with him a little bit about what happened, what was going on 10 years ago, but more importantly, chat with him a little bit about how he's adapted and, and uh, uh, moved forward with this pharmacy to be able to be successful in a new age. Uh, Jeff, um, say hello to our listeners and tell me just a little bit about Mickey Fine Pharmacy, where it is, what you do, and how you came to own a pharmacy as a being a pharmacy technician?
1: Hi, everybody. So my name's Jeff Gross, uh, owner of Mickey Fine Pharmacy and Grill. You forgot the grill part, Bruce. I forgot the grill uh, part. So we do that. have. We are the only original pharmacy with Soda Fountain in Los Angeles County. It was originally a Schwab Pharmacy. So Schwab was a famous chain of pharmacies uh, back in the '50s. Uh, so Sunset Boulevard, the movie, was. <clears throat> was based uh one of the uh was based kind of there as kind of one of the characters if you would of of the movie and um so it's been so Mickey Fine's been around we're celebrating our 60th year um, and I remember 10 years ago when Bruce you came visiting us and it was kind of one of the first uh pieces that we had on us celebrating our 50th Uh, anniversary. So it's exciting to be back with you, uh, celebrating our 60th year in 2022.
0: Well, and thank you for that. And uh, I do remember that uh, when I was there, it was your 50th year. And I also remember that the Chamber of Commerce had awarded Mickey Fine Pharmacy the Customer Service Award of the year. Is that true? And what did that entail? uh we
1: were one of the honorees uh there was some very tough competition including uh one of the top hotels in the world uh so we we were we were we got a little bit of an honorable honorable mention that year but uh Uh, yeah, so, I mean, customer service being in Beverly Hills is clearly, uh, one of the things that we kind of hang our hat on. Uh, but with the pandemic, it's definitely taken its toll. Um, but you know, we, I'm very fortunate to have an amazing, uh, group of employees that have been here, uh, four or five of them have been here over 30 years. So, uh, obviously hopefully doing something right.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. And uh, I mean, the Beverly Hills connotation is interesting. How far are you from Rodeo Drive?
1: Uh so I actually have two pharmacies in, in Beverly Hills. Uh one, uh, the alley backs up into Rodeo Drive. So it's a half of Beverly Hills block. Uh the main store with the pharmacy and the and the lunch counter or the diner uh is three blocks away.
0: And about how many square feet is the the flagship pharmacy, the one with the grill?
1: It's about a little over 23, 2400 square feet.
0: And so that's a decent sized pharmacy, but a fair amount of that is the grill, right?
1: Yeah. About half of the the space is the lunch counter, uh, which seats 20 and the dining area, which has been closed. Uh, because of the pandemic and distancing and all the other requirements that are required by the city and uh, the county of Los Angeles, um, that area has been—that's uh, about another—that seats about 40 people. Uh, that has uh, kind of been closed for the better part of a year.
0: Which, which does mean that one of the things that's changed in the last 10 years is the significance of the grill and the pharmacy. Is that true? Um,
1: absolutely. I mean, we still are, you know, the, we've been pretty much open, uh, for dining, um, at least to go for the dining part. Uh, the lunch counter kind of goes in and out depending on, you know, the, you know, what's going on with the COVID numbers. Uh, we had to close it or we chose to close it, uh, with the uptick in Omicron, uh, three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And, and as I say that, I reflect on, I I saw you as part of what we called our Route 66 trip. So we actually started in Chicago and drove all the way to Los Angeles. Uh, Route 66 ends at the Santa Monica Pier, and you're not far from that, are you?
1: No, uh, uh, the stores, both stores are actually about a, a block away from Santa Monica Boulevard.
0: We hope you were enjoying this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads, a production of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are grateful to the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, better known as IPC, for their sponsorship of this program. IPC helps thousands of small-chain independent pharmacy owners buy better, improve their management skills, and operate more profitably. IPC also represents their interests with a robust government affairs department. To find out more about IPC, visit ipcrx.com. Once again, that's ipcrx.com. Now back to our program. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing that hit me was one of the other pharmacies I visited and it's a, a wonderful pharmacy in Albuquerque. It's a uh, uh, Mona Gattis is Duran central pharmacy. Uh, they have a full scale Mexican restaurant as part of their operation. So, the yeah, they have
1: awesome. They have awesome uh, red and green chili. Uh, yeah, Mona and Jay are great people.
0: And so you're f- you're familiar with both of them, then, huh? Yes, good uh, friends. Well, that's great. So th- the other thing, just as background, I, I, I in rereading my uh, entry on my visit to your pharmacy, I was struck to remember that a big part of what you were doing ten years ago was uh, you you just like to stock um, unique items in the front end. And and I remember specifically, there was some kind of skin cream that you uh, were featuring 10 years ago and um, uh, ultrasonic uh, uh, toothbrushes. And I, I suspect those may have come and gone, but is there something unique that you're still doing with the front end that kind of makes your store exciting to come visit?
1: Um, yeah, we still do quite a few, um, you know, sundries and gifts and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously with the pandemic, it's kind of gone down a little bit. Um, we do carry some local candles and, uh, you know, some crafts. Um, I still try to meet with people that do come out. I mean, that was kind of one of the secrets. Uh, the cool part about speaking to you, Bruce and uh all the listeners should really pick up on is you know you have to you have to open yourself up um to people that come in um you know it's so easy to get caught up in our own day to day um but we're living in our little bubbles you know we come and you know we we get in our cars, we go to work. And most of us do not leave the four walls that we enter at the beginning of the day. Uh, So without reaching out and to, uh, to people that come in and that want to show you what's new, you're not going to be aware. Um, And, you know, sometimes you have misses and sometimes you have hits. Um, But at least you're out there and you're learning uh, new, new things.
0: I mean, that's part of what makes the pharmacy vibrant, which I think is one of the reasons why you did so well on the customer service uh, award 10 years ago. And I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you've won a few of that kind of thing in the intervening years. Um, So let's jump forward to today with that idea that you need to be open to new things. Um, So, COVID has changed a lot. Um, Tell me a couple things that you've done to deal with COVID and to actually move forward with COVID.
1: So about five, six years ago, I started to open myself up not only to people coming into the store, showing me what's going on, you know, talking with your, you know, with your with your uh, rep from your from you know whether it's McKesson, Bergen, or Cardinal, finding out what is going on in the community in general, and really about five years ago, I was you know I was introduced to a couple of different organizations that were nationwide, and really has expanded my my knowledge and my quest for more information and. And learning from others—that's um, kind of what my big takeaway. And so then, when COVID hit, I wasn't trying to navigate the, the seas by myself. I had, I had friends. I had organizations that were there to kind of show me what's going on, so that I didn't have to make the mistakes by myself.
0: Isn't that interesting? Navigate by yourself. Um- that's poetic um so uh, what's one or two things that they've helped you figure out how to do i i I, it's a loaded question i know i want to talk to you about immunization so uh, well that
1: kind of it does it does bruce it does kind of go into uh i think i joined cpsn so clinical pharmacist enhanced service network um or clinical pharmacy enhanced service network um about three years ago when I was first introduced to it, the whole idea of having pharmacies being more than just uh, vending machines for, for pills, um, You know, really getting more into the clinical aspect of pharmacy. Um, and it was a long haul. I mean, a lot of us, um, in, I'm sure across the country, kind of thought of it as a little bit of a donation that we were kind of paying a little bit of fees to to try to get you know to try to get this organization off the ground and it wasn't a lot of money every month but you know the return on investment really didn't seem to to happen and then covid vaccines came out and yeah. in california uh a Los Angeles County, Los Angeles County is bigger than 42 other states. Okay. <laughs> and our rollout here was horrible, absolutely horrific. Um, and if it wasn't for CPSN and the amazing crew over there, um, from Troy to Cody, um, and the whole team, uh, we would never have been able to vaccinate the probably close to nine, 10,000 people that we have vaccinated, um, without their training, without their support. Um, you know, they've been a, an amazing partner and honored to be part of them.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a high praise indeed. And nine, 10,000 immunizations is a, a big impact on your local community. Um, that's fascinating. So what, when, when, let's stay with immunizations and COVID for just a little bit. Uh, when we chatted the other day, you, you told me some very compelling stories about the uh, impact and, and relationships you've de- developed around pediatric vaccinations. Tell us a little bit about what's gone on there.
1: So, because of the delayed rollout um, with the county, so the way that the vaccinations Uh, were distributed early on, we were not able to vaccinate uh, the over 50 crowd. Um, And so when we got it, we had a little bit of a slow rollout. And then uh, the 12 to 15 year old vaccines were, um, people were being able to be vaccinated. Um, And when that came out, uh, we made a decision to create a special clinic for the 12- to 15-year-olds. Uh, the week that it came out, we vaccinated 3% of all the 12- to 15-year-olds in L.A. County.
0: In L.A. County?
1: Yes. Um, I We started vaccinating one hour after the CDC signed off on the 12- to 15-year-olds. Uh, we didn't plan on cutting it that close but we did um it was uh, we vaccinated 300 uh, 12 to 15 year olds that first day and continued to do the the 12 to 15 year olds um, for uh, about 300 a day for the next uh three weeks four weeks
0: so tell me just a little bit about the logistics of that how, how did the team, your your pharmacy team rally around and organize that kind of an effort. That's that's a notable achievement.
1: Uh, a lot of the credit goes to my daughter who uh, helped organize this. Um, we pulled people from all the different locations. We also have three office building gift shops. Um, we closed those early. Um, we uh, partnered with some large local organizations to provide some ancillary staff. Um, I actually had some family that was visiting from out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day we actually It turned into a little bit of a family affair in order to help people get fill out the forms and and check in and everything else. And then uh, we really relied on a lot of um, of our our team to work overtime um, to be able to make it happen. Um, but it, it turned out great, and uh, we kind of became known for having churros. So after the kids got their vaccines, they got churros, and uh, kind of the rest is history as far as that goes. So that's kind of now our calling card. So we continued that on when the when the five to eleven year olds got approved. Um, we did we're doing a clinic or did a clinic clinics for that and uh after they're vaccinated they get a uh they're also getting a churro
0: yeah so you got to take 30 seconds and tell us what a churro is oh a churro is a
1: mexican it's basically a mexican donut
0: yeah it's a long a, a long thin
1: so it's a it's a cinnamon cinnamon it's a cinnamon sugar uh donut that is nice and warm and yeah yummy and it hits the spot
0: <laughs> and at, at, at this time of the morning recording this, I could go for one right now. So
1: that yeah, and a coffee would be a nice uh, combination with be- hot chocolate.
0: <laughs> so is there some new piece of technology, some other line of business that you've moved into in the last few years that have you found uh, exciting Um Uh, You know, I'm feeling like I'm the lawyer who's asking the question. I don't know the answer to now, but I'm just kind of curious if you've made any significant investment in new technology or a whole new line of business. Um, Like
1: many pharmacies, we did have to switch uh, pharmacy management systems um, and there's a few out there. I'm not going to really get into names as to yeah. which one we went with. Um, but yeah, at a certain point it's hard for everybody to s- spend the money and, and everybody knows it is never a pretty site. It is, it is probably next to switching wholesalers and PSAOs. It's probably the least favorite thing that people do, but at a certain point when you need to get involved with medication synchronization um, some of these older systems are just not set up for it. Right. And um, you're not just leaving money on the table. Um, the patients aren't getting the best possible service that they deserve. Um, that's, you know, that's a big part of what some of the newer I wouldn't call it flashy but the the newer pharmacy management systems have the ability to really improve um the clinical outcomes of the patients and that's really at the end of the day we can all make a lot more money doing other things um but you have to follow your passion and um, my passion is helping people and having a good Having good technology is a very important component of that.
0: Uh, th- that's absolutely true. And and that clearly is this whole medication synchronization thing is certainly something that's come on the scene in the last 10 years. When, when did you start doing that?
1: Um, I give all the credit to my former uh, RSM, my uh, retail sales manager. Um, she sat me down and said, Jeff, you, this, you got to start doing Uh, synchronization, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, And that led me to be involved with the PDS, Pharmacy Development Services. And um, it really has transformed about 50% of our business, 55% of our business is is synchronized. um, And it puts us in control. um, And it allows us to make sure that people are being adherent with their medications.
0: Uh, That's true. And is delivery a a big part of what you do for your customers there?
1: Yeah, we back when we when we first spoke, Bruce, 10 years ago, I had one driver and one car. Um, Now we have three drivers and three cars. Um, Delivery is a is a big part of our business, and same day delivery. Yeah. Um, but if you have the patients synchronized, um, it allows you to be much more efficient when it comes to um, to doing the deliveries.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm going to come back to you. Told me a, a a very touching story about a young child who was very resistant to getting a, a vaccination share that with our listeners.
1: So, you know, one going back to that, this isn't about money, this is about changing people's lives and making a difference in people's lives on a daily basis. Um, there was this girl named Charlie. Um, you just All you need to know is that it's a, her name is Charlie and she's a girl, blonde hair, blue eyed, she is a strong-willed kid, um, and she got her first vaccine somewhere else. Had a horrible experience, uh, her first COVID vaccine, and she went to get her second vaccine at the pediatrician. Uh, the pediatrician gave up. Uh, the she they went to another place. They gave up, and so we were the third place that she tried to get vaccinated. Um, And I was determined to help her get over the, the fear of the, of the needles, whatever it was. And, um, I coached soccer. Um, I coach coaches, how to coach soccer. I used every AYSO trick that I could come up with, anything that I've read about giving kids vaccines and, Basically, after over an hour of going back and forth with her, um, we were finally able to get her vaccinated. And then at the end, she said, "It's no big deal."
0: Huh. And, and
1: she, I she, go ahead. And then I said to her, Charlie, "This is what I need. This is what I need you to promise me. I need you to help." Another kid. I need you to come back because, unfortunately, or fortunately, this was her second shot. So until they need a booster, she's not going to be back here for her her for another shot. But I said I need you to come and come back and help me help another kid that needs help getting vaccinated. And a few days later, I get a little gift, a um, little bag, and a and a little envelope. And in the bag is a picture that she she painted. Um, and so that is now up in my vaccination area. And uh, her parents sent me a lovely note thanking me for taking the time and helping her. And this is about helping the kids not just get vaccinated, but it's getting them over the, the, the hump of, of being afraid of needles and getting shots. For the rest of their lives the, yeah. this is this is an investment in time for them and for the like like i said for the rest of their lives they will not be afraid of vaccines i will not let any kid be restrained when they get vaccinated now when that when that the the age drops to to two to, to, to four year olds i don't know if that is going to necessarily continue <laughs> but for the, you know, for the ages five and up, it's so important for me that they that they do it on their own.
0: And passion you have for your profession is paramount as you as you relate that story. Thank you. Uh, and it it reminds me while why my visit there 10 years ago was so memorable. I've I've been into hundreds of pharmacies. Um, and uh, you clearly stand out in, in one of the top 10 of those. Uh, oh, thank uh, you, Bruce. Uh, well, Jeff. But I,
1: I, owe, I owe it. So my grandfather and my father were both pharmacists. Um, and my grandfather passed away when I was 13. Um, but there's certain things that he would say. So like, we're open seven days a week. And his store in Hollywood was open 24 hours a day. And he would say that you don't make money from midnight to 8 a.m., but the patients know that you're there for them. And so we're open seven days a week. And is Sundays, are they a quote unquote profitable day? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But people know that we're here for them. And that's, that's really important. And uh, I had the opportunity to work with my dad for a couple years before he passed away suddenly. Um, and uh, that was an amazing time and, and learned so much from my, from my family and from my dad um, of how to treat people. Um, he had patients that, that he brought over that literally had no money. Um, and when he was in the hospital uh, having bypass surgery, the first thing that he got was from one of our clients that, I mean, she, she doesn't have any money. Like she is, you know, actually when she comes in, you, you're kind of questioning if she's homeless or not. Um, but the first thing that, that when my dad had his bypass surgery, the first thing that he got was uh, a, a plant from her and her name is Wilhelmina. She still, she still sends me birthday cards every year. She always sends three. I don't know why three, but she buys three separate birthday cards and sends them to me. Um, so, I mean, yes, our pharmacies in Beverly Hills, but, you know, the, the old fashioned, I mean, people would, people don't understand about Beverly Hills is a, it is a small community. There's only about 25, 30,000 people that live actually in Beverly Hills proper. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like a, a community within a community or a community within a city. Um, but, you know, so we have some amazing people, amazing clients, um, but at the end of the day, it's all about service and taking care of, Taking care of our
0: patients, that isn't that the truth. So we've covered a lot of material. You got any last thing you want to say to your listeners about the future of pharmacy and what you think they could be doing that will help them meet the modern needs of the business?
1: Um, I think we just all need to be open. Um, you know if if all we're doing is filling prescriptions, and unfortunately, Bruce, the people that really need to hear this, most of them are not gonna be listening, but if you are out there and you're complaining about the reimbursement rates, they're keep on going down. Every year we say, how low can it go? And the next year it goes even lower. So if, if all you're gonna be doing is filling prescriptions, unfortunately, I don't, 10 years from now, I don't know if we're going to be having these same conversations. Um, I think that pharmacy is in a great position. um, And we need to take advantage of the increased visibility of not only the pharmacy business, but the profession and show really what we can do. It's not just about testing and, you know, and, uh, and filling prescriptions and doing vaccines, it's really being and thought of as as a partner in the healthcare system. Um, you know, we can and will make a difference. And you know, I look forward to speaking with you. Hopefully, not in ten years, maybe in five years, and kind of seeing what happened in five years. Um, 10 years, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, uh, it was been, it's been great kind of going back to memory lane and kind of, you know, reflecting on what was said 10 years ago. Um, it's really, a, it's, it's, it was really quite a treat.
0: Well, uh, God bless you for that. And, and I'll finish with at least one editorial comment. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I am one of those who absolutely believes that the, the the medication the dispensing part of pharmacy is something that we need to jealously hold on to pharmacists are the medication experts and that's a unique aspect of of the healthcare system but for that to be the primary focus of what you do I think I think those days are uh, uh, you know coming to an end where pharmacists are healthcare providers the healthcare industry is changing and the need for uh, cognitive services is emerging rapidly. I, I have a daughter who's a health coach and uh, she makes a decent living just visiting with people uh, about their health in general. Uh, you know, weight and food is a big part of that. Um, although she's not a dietitian, she doesn't help people lose weight. She just helps people understand that. And people pay for that. And you know, phar- uh, pe- people who are visiting pharmacies will be willing to pay for services that you can provide and um and we just need to keep looking for them and you know for for the poster child for that right now i think you know uh flu tests and and um strep throat tests are you know the the poster children for that service that's coming forward certainly covid tests have taken center stage but there's a lot that we can do that people will pay for and it all fits within the healthcare idea so Uh, Jeff, it's been an honor chatting with you and it's been fun going down memory lane, but more importantly, it's been fun kind of getting your opinions on where things are now and how to make it happen. So with that, this is Bruce Nealand signing off and thanking you all for listening to me today and, and for getting acquainted with Jeff Gross of Mickey Fine Pharmacy in Beverly Hills, California. Take care. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.